For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take D.C. on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Newton Group Transfer. They are here to help you if you're stuck in a timeshare. These stories from people who have these timeshares and can't get out of them, they're shocking. These timeshare companies, not all of them, but so many, they get their hooks into you and you can't give them up. You can't give them up or they'll, they'll do things like they charge you thousands of dollars. One girl, she got past her timeshare when her mother passed away. She gets past the timeshare, doesn't want the timeshare, doesn't use the timeshare. They tell her she can get out of it for $4,000. She has to come up with a $4,000 check. This is not right. It's unjust. And Newton Group Transfers is here to help you. If you are in a timeshare and want out or know someone who is, Call 888-845-3773. That's 888-84-JESSE. Or go to timesharejesse.com. Newton Group Transfer. They will help you out. You don't have to dip forever. You know that, right? You don't have to smoke forever. And the reason I say it like that is I have been that guy. I've been that guy. I dipped for so long. And what would happen is I would decide I'm going to quit. That's bad for me. I'm going to quit. I'm a man. I don't need any help. I'm just going to quit cold turkey. And I would fail time and time and time again. I tried things like the patch. That didn't work. Gum, sunflower seeds. I, I tried it all. It's just a matter of finding the right thing to help you quit. That's Jake's Mint Chew. Go, put in your dip. Just make sure it's Jake's Mint Chew. It's tobacco free. It's nicotine free. It's even sugar free. And I highly recommend, just a personal choice, I highly recommend their CBD pouches because it really helps take that extra edge off. 
Go to jakesmintchew.com. That's jakesmintchew.com. Make sure you use the promo code JESSE at checkout. When you do that, you get 10% off. It's fight night here on I'm Right. And who's fighting? Well, scumbag communist governors are fighting. What are they fighting for? They're fighting for the illustrious title of being the one I name worst governor in America. I thought of that myself, not to brag or anything like that. Look, there's not, there's not really a debate right now about who the best governor in America is. Everybody knows who the best governor in America is at the moment. <coughs> Heavy D. And anyway. But the worst governor. Well, we've got quite a fight on our hands. I'm the tail of the tape, which we will go over in a moment. The tail of the tape says this could be anybody's match. And you're going to have to hang on till the end of the show to find out who wins. But it all seriousness, let's get serious for a moment before we get through these crappy people. Governors matter more than the president. You realize that, right? I understand president's a very, very important job, commander-in-chief, leader of the nation, all these other things. I get that, but governors matter more. I, I know you already know this, but I have lived all over the place. I've lived in Ohio, in Montana. I've lived in California. I don't want to talk about it. I've lived in Arizona. I've lived in Washington, D.C. I've lived in Texas. I've lived everywhere. And you know what will shock you? This will really shock you if you're not the type of person who's moved around a lot or bounced around at all. The cultures of those different places, all radically different. Because our states, as they, were, as they were intended, are all different. Different cultures, different people. Your state legislature, your governor, they are critically important, sadly, but they are critically important for your life. When I tell people to balkanize, and I tell you this all the time, right? If you're able to, understand everyone's in a different situation. If you're able to pack up your family and get out of your communist state and go to a red state, and when you go there, make it redder, you know, run for school board, run for state legislature. Don't go there and just sit on the couch. Go there and be active, fortify it. But part of the reason I tell you to do it is not just so we don't lose you behind enemy lines so you can come reinforce our lines. It's not that. It's because I have experienced all of it all of it. I have lived in the total communist areas, and I've lived in the most blood-red areas. I am telling you, the quality of life every single day is so drastically better in a red area than it is a blue area in ways that I can't even really describe for you. Basic politeness. Uh, a neighborhood party. People were just polite and nice. They wave at you going down the road. They see uh, something blowing around your yard. They come pick it up for you. Just the basic human decency you get in a red area. The tiny little experiences you go through all day long. That cup of coffee in the drive-thru, the grocery store, driving to work, at work. Your tiny experiences are better when you move to a red state. If you're in one of these states, get out. So first, the first contestant, Andrew Cuomo. Let us go to the Andrew Cuomo tale of the tape. He is responsible for the largest nursing home death scandal. Last estimate I saw was 15,000, <laughs> which is, uh, you know what? Let's pause there for a moment. In all seriousness, 
We have a governor in America who was celebrated by the system, and he is almost undoubtedly responsible for the deaths of 15,000 people. Wrap your mind around that. Wrap your mind around the people we celebrate versus the ones we demonize. It's crazy, right? It's insane to me. Anyway. He profited off a book on how to handle COVID-19 as he was as he was killing 15,000 people. That may be the best part of this whole thing. If by best, I mean I actually mean worst. The dude slaughters old people by the thousands and then writes a book about this is how COVID is done. Apparently, he's been accused by every woman on the face of the planet of sexual harassment. Uh, he denies all allegations of it. There's no surprise on that. Now, Cuomo, Cuomo's an interesting character and in that Cuomo is not widely hated on the right. I'll be anxious to see how he turns out in this fight. Number two, our second contestant, the, the tale of the tape, is Gavin Newsom. Gavin Newsom, the governor of California. And I am, unlike many of my colleagues on the right, I don't hate California. I have been to California. I will tell you, California is beautiful, man. It's beautiful. And it's huge. And their resources are absurd. Do you know that California, if it was its own country, would have the fifth largest economy in the world? It's just beautiful. The, the, the terrain. You have the northern part of California with the mountains and the redwoods and the southern part and the beaches and the pretty girls and the restaurants. And it's just beautiful. It's wonderful. And that, that actually makes this personal for me because I hate that the communists have destroyed California. I hate that that is now just the bluest of the blue. I think that sucks. Anyway, Newsom's tale of the tape. He violated his own strict lockdown rules and lied about it. You remember that scene at the French Laundry? Sorry, I don't mean to get sidetracked, but that was the best. Don't, don't go anywhere. People will die. Respect your fellow citizens. No, you can't gather in large numbers and then gets busted at the fanciest restaurant in the state, of course. He rules by, uh, by executive order and not legislature. He's just like all these commies. They don't have any need for laws. They just, well, whatever I feel like today. He's responsible for the first population decline in the state's own history. I'll come back to that in a moment. And his own citizens are so mad at him, they, are, they, they prompted a recall. They get so many signatures, there's now a recall election against him. We'll see how that goes. But I want to go back to something. The first population decline in the history of California. I understand maybe you haven't been to California. Maybe you have. But I wasn't just playing that up for TV, how beautiful it is. It just, it has so many places that are jaw-dropping. It's gorgeous. It's so cool. Do you know how horrible you have to be to make that place so bad your people are all, you know, I'm leaving. It sucks here. If you're able to ruin California, there's nothing you can't ruin. What Gavin Newsom has done is astounding. And finally, that brings us to Governor Ratchet of Michigan. Yes, I know her name is Gretchen Whitmer. I think she is basically the entire character of Nurse Ratchet and One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. So I refer to her as Governor Ratchet. What's on her resume? Well, she imposed some of the strictest lockdowns in the country. She then, after telling her constituents not to travel to Florida, hops on a private jet and travels to Florida. And she's also, this is going way, way, way underneath the radar. He also, or she also, I should say, 
she killed a lot of people. Now, the Cuomo stuff is the one getting all the love on the news. Andrew Cuomo responsible, thousands of, uh, thousands of deaths. They have the same scandal going on in places like Michigan and Pennsylvania, and you can bet your life every day Gretchen Whitmer wakes up and she picks up her phone. She probably has a Jesse Kelly case too, by the way, but she wakes up and checks out her phone and says to herself, "Woo! thank goodness they're not talking about me today. I'm glad no one noticed. And you know, Whitmer, she did that thing where she traveled to Florida for the same reason that Gavin Newsom issued the lockdown orders and went to the restaurant. For the same reason, I mean, our first contestant, Andrew Cuomo, horrible lockdown orders and then get, got caught at all these fundraisers, no face mask on, shaking hands, kissing babies, patting people on the back. Remember why they all got caught, right? Don't, don't make that mistake. And say, well, they're hypocrites. Well, yeah, they are hypocrites. We all are hypocrites to some extent, if we're being honest. I know we're not as bad as politicians, but the hypocrisy is something that we all struggle with. But it's not that they're hypocrites. You're taking the wrong lesson from that. These people issue these strict lockdowns and then go violate them, not because they're hypocrites, because they're not worried about coronavirus. That's the hardest thing for people to accept. They're not worried about getting coronavirus. They're not worried about spreading it to their loved ones. They're just not. You remember even the famed Dr. Burks. All these lockdown rules, lockdown, lockdown, lockdown. Everyone's going to die. It's going to be millions of people. Then gets busted traveling to see her parents. It's not because she's a hypocrite. She is, sure. She's not worried about coronavirus. Not worried about giving it to her parents. That's a bitter pill to swallow when you sit back and look at all the damage we did with our COVID restrictions. But that's why these governors, all three of them, get caught doing this stuff. It's not that they're hypocrites. Yes, they're detestable. They're scumbags. We're going to decide the biggest scumbag tonight. But it's not that they're hypocrites. It's that they're not worried about getting coronavirus. What's that tell you? Now, I do have to set it up for tonight. Here is how tonight's going to work. I have three different guests. All three of my guests have picked a different governor. All three of my guests are going to come on this show and make their pitch why their selected governor should absolutely be picked as the worst governor in America. I, because you know I'm all-knowing, I will sit back here. I will listen to the arguments. I'll try not to interrupt too much. And at the end, I'll make a judgment call. It's going to be a blast of a show tonight. All that may have made you uncomfortable, but I'm right. Your holster is way more important than you think it is. It's just way more important than you think it is. What, look, and I get that. The holster's not the sexy part of carrying firearms, right? You want to talk about your weapon and your ammunition. You, you want to talk about your safety training. You want to talk about how you did at the range. Oh, look at my groups. I was doing these failure drills today. And all that stuff's really important. I mean, really, really important. I'm not discounting that. But I've known so many people who do all those things. They take all the necessary steps. And then they carry with a holster they bought from a big box hunting store that was made a thousand at a time. Please, don't put your life in one of those holsters. 
you need to trust Northwest retention systems because it's all custom made gear. It's the only thing I carry around. NWRetention.com. That's NWRetention.com. Use the promo code Jesse. Get you 10% off. You know, your house smells. Don't get mad. Don't get mad. My house smells too. I'm not, I'm not indicting you. I'm sure you keep a clean home, but just time means you're going to acquire smells, whether those are cooking smells that get in your paint, your carpet, maybe they're animal smells, maybe you're a smoker or someone else was. Just living creates smells. I didn't realize that my home had a smell to it until I got my first Eden Pure Thunderstorm, the greatest air purifier I've ever, ever owned in my life. This thing, I had it plugged in for two hours. I came back in the room and my air smelled so clean. I now own three of them. I'm not making that up. This thing has absolutely changed me on top of what it's done for my allergies. Go get one, get two, be like me and get three. Go to EdenPureDeals.com. Make sure you use the promo code JESSE. That gets you 10 bucks off and free shipping. EdenPureDeals.com, promo code JESSE. Who is the worst governor? Well, look, don't just take it from me. I'm going to give you my opinion at the end of this. Let's talk to the people who are suffering under these regimes. First and foremost, our first contender and the worst governor of America is Gavin Newsom. And there's nobody I can think of who'd be better to describe the awfulness of Gavin Newsom than my friend John Phillips of the great John Phillips show on KABC in Los Angeles. John, your guy, I gotta be honest, when I looked at the list, it's Newsom, it's Cuomo, it's Whitmer sitting in front of me, I thought to myself, my first thought was, oh, Newsom's gotta win, right? So I will tell you, <laughs> full disclosure, I think you're the leader in the clubhouse, but why do you think Newsom is the worst governor in America? Oh, well, this isn't even gonna be close. I mean, I feel sorry for the other two because this is such a slam dunk. <laughs> Um, let's first start out with the fact that California state government does not function on any possible level. We had $33 billion stolen in EDD money and given to criminals, which is funny because all you hear from liberals is how much we need gun control and how evil guns are. They literally just transferred $33 billion of wealth from taxpayers in California to organized crime and criminals who use the money to do things like buy guns. So let's start with that. Secondly, when the pandemic hit, we became the most shut down state in the entire nation, which slit the throats of small business owners in the South. It was fine for Silicon Valley and all the tech people in Northern California who were the people that he pays attention to, but everyone else was killed based on those policies. They shut down the schools in Los Angeles Unified School Districts. The teachers said, the teachers union said, we're not going back and we may not even go back in the fall. So we could literally finish out the entire year without children being on campus for on-campus instruction five days a week. Gavin Newsom is a complete failure. He is digging in his heels, doubling and tripling down on everything that hasn't worked. And this is why people are leaving the coast of California for the desert. All right, John, I do have to ask this. The, the first thing you talked about, about the money transferred to criminals, money transferred to organized crime. Pretend like I've never heard this before, even though I have, because you've been on my show several times. Explain to people what they did. This might be my favorite story that's also gross. Oh, this is great. So EDD is the money that we give people for unemployment insurance based on the 
people being put out of work because of the pandemic. So everyone gets a check. And the checks that we're giving in California are more than many people make in their usual salary. So no one's working. So you go down to the extent that the economy is open, everyone's got a health wanted sign, no one can get anyone to work. But because the state of California is so dysfunctional, they just mail checks to whoever asked for one. So we're sending checks to people like Scott Peterson on death row. Uh, I forget the number <laughs> of billions of dollars that were sent to people actually still in state prison. Uh, my dad has a mailbox that doesn't lock, and he literally got 50 EDD checks sent to him because he's typically at work during the day, so they knew he wouldn't be there. 50 checks, all with Asian names. My dad is an old white guy, and he looked at his mailbox. He said, what is this? Clearly, they were, they were having them delivered to his house on a regular basis and then just stealing them out of the mail. <laughs> And Gavin Newsom has zero ability to stop this, and he continues to mail the checks. Okay, John, there are Democrats, and then there are absolute lefty nutballs. Can you please explain how the lefty nutballs took over? I mean, everybody's going to come through the TV when I say this. Our greatest state. I'm sorry, California is paradise. It is absolutely wonderful. If you've never been there, I mean, you should visit very briefly now and then leave. But how did nutballs take over our greatest state? I don't understand it. Well, it's a couple of things. One, the end of the Cold War killed us. Um, the area I'm from was essentially a military town. And when the Cold War ended, they closed many of the military bases in California, which also caused the aerospace industry to collapse. So all of those Republican industries left in mass. Think about the movie Falling Down with Michael Douglas. That was my childhood around me, where all of the dads got laid off and essentially the middle class moved out of state and they were replaced by people who work in the tech industry who skew liberal. The other thing is open borders. Open borders changed the makeup of the state, where we had all of this unrestricted immigration coming in the 80s and 90s. So all of these guys with crew cuts were replaced by people from Central and South America and Mexico. Okay, explain the open borders thing. Was that just standard Democrats? Was that something more nefarious? I always found this to be weird that, I mean, look, even, even scumbag Democrats, if they have a nice piece of property, they put a fence up around it. Why flood your own state with illegal immigrants? Well, they actually flipped on that. Back in the 80s, Democrats were more harsh on the border than Republicans. I remember Jerry Brown, when he was governor in the, in the 70s and 80s, threatened to not allow planes to land in California that had Vietnamese people who were coming over here fleeing communism <laughs> because back then they would block vote for the Republicans. So you, you listen to people like Jerry Brown and he sounded like Tom Tancredo. But essentially what happened in the 80s and 90s is that the drug cartels took over Mexico and people fled as economic refugees and they just flooded the state of California in such large numbers that they, the state couldn't do anything about it or chose not to do anything about it. Gavin Newsom, let's get back to him for the, for the task at hand. You mentioned the small business closures. Has he had any other major screw-ups throughout this process besides killing every small business in the state? Well, let's not forget the French Laundry. I mean, this guy comes out with all of these ridiculous and arbitrary edicts and doesn't follow them himself because he knows that it's all BS. And that drives people absolutely crazy. Even people who are politically aligned with him when they see those photos of him at the French Laundry and they know that he doesn't believe what he's telling us 
on the television every single day, that makes people pull their hair out, even lefties. How corrupt is he? I, I, I haven't gotten to the Andrew Cuomo section yet, and it's probably unfair to allow you to take a shot at Cuomo. Everybody knows the Cuomo family is <clears throat> dirty, to put it mildly, in New York. I mean, they were dirty when Dad was running things. It's, it's New York. Everyone would expect it. Okay, Gavin Newsom's a lefty nutball. Everyone gets that. Is he corrupt, too? I wouldn't say he's corrupt in that traditional sense, the way you think of politicians taking bribes or, or doing things for money under the table. He legitimately believes what he's saying, which in many ways makes him more dangerous. If someone's corrupt, you just, you know, become the highest bidder and you can get him to do what's right. Um, with Gavin Newsom, he is, he, he believes his own, his own BS. And that is something that, that unfortunately is common in Sacramento, where they all believe that they're on a moral mission. And when someone believes they have morality on their side, it makes them very, very dangerous. Yeah. Uh, that is a fact. I've always said the true believer is much more dangerous than the person you can just pay off. Okay, this guy had, at least the, when we've talked before, this guy had major presidential political ambitions. You tell the actual, you tell the average person that now, they'll laugh because they think he's such a screw-up. But then again, you would have laughed if, you, if someone would have told you Kamala Harris was about to be vice president about two years ago. Do you think he's still eyeballing that, or is he still just focusing on saving his rear end in the state? No, he, he's focused on saving his rear end. He is all consumed with the recall. The recall and the French laundry killed any chances he had of being president. And also, because Kamala Harris is the vice president, if there is a candidate from California that's going to be the Democratic nominee in the not-too-distant future, it's going to be her. It's not going to be him. They're in competition with one another. I was about to ask that. Explain the Pelosi-Kamala-Newsom relationship. Who's the big dog of those three, and do they get along? Well, the big dog is dead. The big dog is a guy by the name of Phil Burton, who would have become the Speaker of the House and really created that San Francisco political machine. But he died a very young man of a heart attack, and his wife, Sala, took over the congressional seat, and then she died like two years later. I guess they must live under the power lines or something. Oh. And her best friend was Nancy Pelosi, who was this rich socialite who raised money in San Francisco for Democrats. And on her deathbed, Sal Burton told Nancy Pelosi that she should be the congresswoman. And she ran and won, and now she effectively runs that political machine. It's the machine that produced Willie Brown, it produced uh, John Burton, Phil Burton's brother, who was the chairman of the Democratic Party here for a long time. It produced Kamala Harris, Gavin Newsom, and a whole new crop underneath all of them who'll be running the state next. Nancy Pelosi, you almost, you almost have to admire a woman who does not possess one single redeemable quality and she's able to wield that kind of power. I love her for it, John. Yeah. No, it's funny. I just, um, I just read John Boehner's book, and in the book he talks about what a, what a Machiavellian cutthroat Nancy Pelosi is and how she would just absolutely slit the throats of Democrats who were on the, on the wrong side of her and do it without her fingerprints being on it. And I started to think, like going back to a lot of the scandals that hit Democrats in the House, people like Anthony Weiner and Congressman Massa, people like that, I wonder how much of that those scandals have Nancy Pelosi's fingerprints on them, too. Oh, boy. John Phillips, you are the best, brother. Thanks for the knowledge. Thanks for having me. Oof. 
does sound bad for Newsom. We'll see. We'll see. Hang on. On the Jordan Harbinger Show, you'll hear amazing stories from people that have lived them, from spies to CEOs, even an undercover agent who infiltrated the Gambino crime family. You're about to hear a preview of the Jordan Harbinger Show with Jack Garcia, who did just that. My career was 24 out of 26 years, was solely dedicated working undercover. I walk in, I'm in the bar. Now there's a barmaid there, good looking young lady. She's serving me drink. Hey, what would you like? I usually, my drink was, give me a kettle, one martini, three olives, glass of water on the side. I finish the drink. The guys come in. I'm going to go, go in my pocket, take out the big wad of money. Bam, I give her $100. If you're with the mob, I say, hey, Jordan, you're on record with us. That means we protect you. Nobody could shake you down. We could shake you down, but you're on record with us. For more on how Jack became so trusted in the highest levels of the Gambino organization, check out episode 392 of The Jordan Harbinger Show. Well, there's nothing I enjoy more than savaging New York Governor Andrew Cuomo, mainly because I actually like New York. Joining me now is a Republican strategist, former New York Post uh, reporter, Candace Giovi. Candace, it's been a heated competition. We have Gavin Newsom, Gretchen Whitmer, and Andrew Cuomo. Who is the worst governor in the United States of America, in your opinion? It's a tough competition, but since I live in New York, I'm going to have to say Governor Cuomo. Okay, why? I, I mean, I, I understand about the all the harassment scandals and things like that, but the nursing home thing really stands out. But in your mind, why is he worse than everyone else? Well, he is a serial predator, as you mentioned. And yes, he's a super spreader of death in nursing homes. I don't know what can be worse than that. Uh, we have Cuomo. I want you to watch this supercut of Cuomo. And it just, it's so New York, it's crazy to me. I wasn't elected by politicians. I was elected by the people of the state of New York. Uh, I'm not going to resign. Let the review proceed. I'm not going to resign. I was not elected by the politicians. I was elected by the people. Part of this is that I am not part of the political club. We need you at the finish line. Stay here. Okay. You gotta get it. And we still looking for our 11 o'clock report. All right, I'm not going anywhere, darling. He There's was nothing born better into than the political club. Okay, that's one. <laughs> and the people of New York do want him to resign. Um, I can't tell you how many people are just screaming every day for him to resign. I'm sure you know Janice Dean, a Fox News meteorologist. Um, she and a group, Voices for Seniors, have been leading the charge um, to get this guy to resign. Also, uh, women are just screaming, resign, resign, resign. He has harassed, um, I'd say, nine women. People are fed up here in New York State. Aside from that, we have to watch him day after day after day try to make this all go away. He's trying to rewrite history with his briefings now, um, you know, trying to make people believe that he can lead this state. Candace, uh, the, the harassment stuff, 
people generally know that stuff ahead of time, right? Is this something that was kind of known about Andrew Cuomo and then all the avalanche just fell down on him? Or was the, is this genuinely news to you and everyone else? I mean, you were a New York Post reporter. You have all the dirt on everybody. Not only was I a New York Post reporter, but I actually worked in state government. This was pretty well known that the governor behaved like this, but people are so fearful because he uh, is a very vindictive person. And I think that after the nursing home scandal came to light and people started speaking out, the fear lessened and people started coming forward. And these women came with the receipts. They have evidence to back up their claims. These claims are being investigated. I think we all agree that due process is necessary. But, um, you know, today he said that harassment doesn't mean making somebody feel uncomfortable. He signed into law that harassment is making somebody feel uncomfortable even one time. So it's really astounding that he continues to lie, he continues to rewrite history, and, uh, you know, this just continues on and on and nothing is done about it. Candace, describe for me, pretend I just landed from Mars. What happened with the nursing homes and Andrew Cuomo and COVID? Well, on March 25th, he uh, issued an order that put COVID positive patients into nursing homes. Now, if there's one thing that we knew about COVID at that early stage, it's that COVID would spread like wildfire through nursing homes. But he took a match and he threw it right into the nursing homes. Um, then he had the audacity to hide the official death toll from families, from the public, and he scrubbed an official report of the actual number while he was securing a $4 million advance for his book, American Crisis. What he did was create an American crisis right here in New York State. Uh, Candace, can you help me understand, because I'm assuming the guy, I mean, while he's probably a sociopath, I'm assuming he's not a born and bred serial killer. Why the order to put COVID patients with the most vulnerable people? That's insane. It sounds like he wants them to die. There had to be some political motivation behind this. What was it? Well, the hospital executives who give him millions of dollars claim that they needed the space in the hospital. Now, President Trump gave us the Javits Center and the Comfort Ship, which could have been used for these nursing home patients, but they sat empty. They sat empty. And meanwhile, these nursing home patients just went straight back to the nursing homes and likely infected others. Um, we only came to find out through an investigation from our um, state Attorney General, that he misreported the number and it was substantially higher. And the reason that he misreported the number was because he was getting such great coverage from the mainstream media, who day after day after day praised him as a contrast to President Trump, because they wanted to make President Trump look bad. They wanted to make Andrew Cuomo look like hero of the pandemic. 
And he wound up making $4 million in advance for this book while people died. And in January, he had the audacity to say, who cares where they died? Who cares? Well, New Yorkers care. Grieving families care. Do they care? And, and what I mean by that is, do they care bad enough to throw this guy out of office? Is this guy going to, is this guy going to run again? And is he going to win if he does? Oh, I certainly think that he wants to run again. And I think that that's why we're seeing him now every day, holding a briefing, trying to rewrite history. That's what he's doing. That's his tactic. And there are days where he totally avoids, and he's avoided the the Albany press corps since December. He's been holding briefings in areas where he knows reporters won't ask him tough questions, um, you know, so that he could get little bits of local news out and good press for himself. And he's trying to get away with it. It's incumbent upon New Yorkers, it's incumbent upon any lawmaker with conscience to you know, hold his feet to the fire. Right now we have an impeachment inquiry going on in the state assembly. It's been a little bit stalled because it's being run by Democrats, but hopefully something will happen. We have multiple investigations going on, so it remains to be seen. Candace Giovi, thank you so much. I appreciate you. Thank you. All right. I'm going to have to pick one of these governors. Hang on. Well, it's time to move on to a place I dislike anyway because I was born in Ohio. It's time to talk about Michigan. You see, Governor Ratchet in Michigan is absolutely detestable. I, going into this Worst Governors of America show, I, you know, I'm staring at Newsom and Cuomo and, and Governor Ratchet, and I'm thinking to myself, I dislike her personally the most. I'm not sure she can edge out Newsom and Cuomo for the worst governor. Apparently, people in Michigan disagree. Her approval rating just dipped below 50%. Joining me now to talk about that in other things is host on America's Voice, Tudor Dixon. Tudor? Why should Governor Ratchet be the winner of worst governor in America? Look at what she's done to Michigan. She's hurt small businesses, but not only has she hurt small businesses in the same way that you're talking about with Newsom and Cuomo, she's actually gone after them personally. She and her attorney general have gone after people personally and actually put them into handcuffs and shackled chains and shackles. I mean, this is outrageous. This is stuff that we hear about from years and years ago, but no, this governor has gone in and taken people for misdemeanors and put them into prison. It's it's a personal vendetta with her, but it's also hurt the it's hurt the state so significantly. When you look at what's happening with Michigan, you look at hospitality, you look at businesses. Just yesterday, businesses were actually allowed to bring their people back into the office. They, they, that was the ruling. I think at the end of May, you can actually start having people back in your office without Myosha coming in and citing you because you have too many people in an office. Other states are completely open, Jesse. 
Tudor, I need you to explain her background to me, because I'll be honest with you, I didn't know much about her. I figured she gets elected in a, in a purple state like Michigan, probably going to be a fairly middle-of-the-road Democrat governor. And then she, I mean, she's possibly been the worst, just carpet-bombed her own state so Trump would lose an election. Why? Is this woman a, ra a historical radical? Did she just come around to this? Is she just a nasty human being? She's had her moments where she has said she's leading the resistance, that she's a part of the resistance. She's been out there, even as governor, she's been out there marching with Black Lives Matter. So I, I guess in a way, she has always had that side of her. I think that she was the best candidate that the Democrats had at the time for governor. She's always been in Michigan government. She doesn't understand small business. So when you look at her background, you would say, in the, in the case of a pandemic, when you're talking about students, when you're talking about businesses, when you're talking about farms, this is a woman that has had no personal experience with this. And potentially this idea that she has to come out and, and make these rules and be right all the time affects the judgment on whether or not she can put herself in the position of the small business or the farm and say, okay, we're in the middle of a pandemic. But these folks still need to be able to operate. They still need to be able to send their dairy farm products to the schools that should also be open. But, you know, we have had our schools shut down still. We have many students that are out of school. And she supported the teachers union, not even teachers who have begged to go back to the classroom. She supported the teachers unions. She's supported keeping businesses closed. This is a state that thrives in the summertime on tourism and also at last summer, we weren't even allowed to buy flowers at the garden shops. So you have tourists coming up and going, man, Michigan's a bland state. No, they had to throw out all their flowers because we couldn't even buy them. You know, that actually part of that makes me feel good that husbands were not dragged to that godforsaken flower shop to buy flowers. There's nothing worse. We have some headlines here from Whitner, Whitmer. Whitmer didn't inform law enforcement she used a private plane for Florida trip. Whitmer traveled to Florida a month ago before calling on residents not to. Whitmer could face charges over nursing, nursing home deaths. My question is, Tudor, Newsom has headlines just like this, too. Everyone remembers got caught in the French laundry and whatnot. But Newsom is his head's on the chopping block for all that. Why is she not getting a big voter backlash for this stuff? Or is this state bluer than I thought? Yeah, I think she will. I think that right now we're in the midst of still trying to pull out of this. There hasn't been a lot of discussion. We have a race that's coming up in 22. In the case of Gavin Newsom, obviously there's a recall. That was thwarted here. She has protection with her AG. She has protection with her Secretary of State. But those things are going to come up in this governor's race. She lied to the Michigan people. She lied about this trip. Now, Gavin Newsom, Newsom, he came out and he apologized after the French Laundry and kind of admitted that this was a major failure. That is not the case with this governor in Michigan. She doesn't apologize. She doubles down on the fact that for her, family was more important to her family is more important to her than Michiganders being spending time with their family members. So I think when you see Michiganders come out to vote or when they start talking about 22, they're gonna say, hey, listen, I wasn't allowed to see my father. I wasn't allowed to go to the nursing home and my relatives died alone. She says she has her sick father that she had to go visit. Then three weeks later, he's spotted here in Michigan. Jesse, why do you have to go to Florida to see someone who's sick if you know in three weeks they're coming right back to Lansing? Well, how about that? 
Michiganders. That sounds ridiculous, by the way. <laughs> one, one thing I do, I want to show you this video of the state rep who got pulled over and starts dropping the governor's name. It's not going to be good for you. I'm telling you. Stop. I bring y'all budget, bro. I don't like this. Give us your left arm. Bro, I'm resisting. Bro, I've been abused by the police so much that I'm black. <laughs> when I call Gretchen, hey, I need y'all IDs and bad numbers and everything. I told y'all yep. already. I will sit here and give y'all my if y'all fing let me sit up. That's all I said. Yeah, I work with y'all. I don't give a fuck. I work with the police. You're not struggling with me, bro. It always makes me laugh when people start name dropping when they get pulled over. If I ever get pulled over like that, I'm just going to say, don't you know who I am? That always comes off really well. All right, in all seriousness, Gretchen, is she corrupt? I mean, look, everyone knows Cuomo's as dirty as the day is long. Newsome, who knows about that? Is she corrupt or just crappy? I think she's unprepared for this position. I think that she was never prepared for this position. It's a matter of moving someone up and up further and further into different positions because they're elected by the people and she got into this position based on a lot of promises based on promises to fix the state to fix the roads and she was convincing but unprepared and i think she moves into 22 unprepared as well this is a woman who doesn't work well as a as a team this is when you look at how you have to run the state of michigan in the midst of a pandemic you have to be a team with the people in Michigan. But she went after individuals in Michigan. She didn't understand that concept of leadership. So I think that Gretchen Whitmer ended up in a position she was unprepared to take. Tudor, why did Michigan vote for Joe Biden? In all seriousness, I, I, I mean, obviously, I like to rag on Michigan because I was born in Ohio, but it's still, it still is always, you know, Midwest blue collar state to me. That's at least how I see it. And you have a horrible governor who just dumped all over your state for a year. And then people went to the polls and they voted for Joe Biden. Help me understand. You have to look at it. You have to look at the time frame because this is October, November. The president has just had coronavirus. But we're being told by Gretchen Whitmer that we're in terrible danger. She's going to lock down the state again. We are now in a situation where women who are taking care of mom and dad at the nursing home, they can't go into the nursing home because Gretchen Whitmer is telling them they their parents are in such danger, which there was a lot of danger at that point. But at the same time, you have President Trump coming out and saying, it's okay, we can get through this. I went through it and I'm safe. And she kind of played off of their fear and said, listen, he's not taking this seriously. And so we ended up with a lot of Republican women who felt like they couldn't go to the polls and get out there for Trump. Now, whether they voted for Biden or what happened, there was a disconnect. And I believe it had to do with the situation, the state of Michigan at the time, and people really not knowing. We're still very early in this pandemic come October, November, just having that second wave hit, not realizing what was happening. And everybody locked down for the first time. They all agreed with that. They agreed with Gretchen Whitmer at the beginning. And it wasn't until we got through that second shutdown in January where people really started to say, man, she's taken this to a level that is not that is not necessary. And she's taken this to a level where she's got a lot of vindictive personal attacks against Michigan business owners. And now we don't know if she's the right one to have in power. Thanks a lot, women. Tudor Dixon, thank you so much. I guess we'll see if she wins. Yes, we will. She won't. I, I haven't made my decision yet. I am. I am. I want you to think of me as you know a benevolent dictator, really.
We'll be back. The worst governor in America. I want you to know, as your benevolent dictator, I know you look up to me and you're like, Jesse, you know everything. Tell me who's the best and, and worst. And obviously, I do know everything. But I went into this whole thing, and I really wasn't sure who was going to be the worst. And I, I'm still a touch torn. I don't think it's Gretchen. It could be Cuomo. Just the loss of life from Cuomo's policies had me leaning Cuomo really hard. But the worst governor in America is Gavin Newsom. It's Gavin Newsom. And here's why. California had its first population decrease since the 1800s. Do you have any idea how bad you have to be at your job to take paradise and have people wake up in the morning and it's 75 degrees and good restaurants and pretty girls and, uh, oh look the weather's great and, and think to themselves this place sucks I need to leave that is a feat to ruin California to the point where people will pack up and leave is a feat I understand New York can be rough around the edges I love it but it can be rough around the edges California People flock to California, have always flocked to California. It is paradise. It's the fifth largest economy in the world. And people left. That is truly next level inadequacy. So Gavin Newsom, congratulations, sir. You are the worst governor in the United States of America. I hope you enjoyed our special tonight. I certainly did. See you next week. Protect your dream home with American Family Insurance. And you can weather any storm. You'll also save up to 25% by bundling home, auto, and life. American Family Insurance. Get a quote. Find an agent at AmFam.com. Products not available in every state. Discounts may not apply to all coverages on an auto or home policy. Discounts do not apply to life insurance policies. Visit AmFam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating companies, American Family Life Insurance Company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie. Because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to More Than a Movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take DC. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. 
And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.